You may have heard of us, but you might not know Bank First is a community bank that has no fee ATM access, interest, and perks earning checking accounts. With online and mobile banking, mortgages for every stage of life, and modern business banking for businesses, small and big. We keep it all together to put you first. Do you bank with us? You should. Bank First is an equal housing lender and a member of FDIC. Well, welcome to Sunday Coffee. I'm Bart Gregory along with Charlie Winfield. We're in the Farm Bureau studios here in downtown Startwell. The day after a game was perfect weather last night for college football. It is absolutely stunning this morning. It's perfect. Can you say stunning when you're talking about the weather? I think more like a stunning landscape than stunning weather. You know, for example, if I were standing at the Grand Canyon, I think you could look out and say so that's that stunning. view is stunning. So the weather's perfect this morning. It really is. There's a ton of people walking around downtown. Of course, you have brunch and browse. Some businesses open downtown later today. Hey, we won last night 31-24 in overtime, and this is Sunday Coffee brought to you by our friends at Strange Brew Coffee House. Charlie, in my cup this morning, it is the largest cup that they produce, and it is black coffee. With a shot. <laughs> I'm not, not of espresso. And I'm not telling you what it's in. <laughs> so, looking back at last night, and the old term, I would rather win ugly than lose pretty. That was a game at the end of the year. You're going to look back and say, that was a win. I actually think we're probably being, well, I don't want to say being too hard, because I expect Zach Arnett's looking at this and saying, this wasn't great. But I hate for it to obscure what was some really good play by some individuals. You know, Jet Johnson had a great ball game yesterday. Buki Watson had a really good game yesterday. Sean Preston had a really good game yesterday. We saw guys making plays. Keys making the big play in overtime. So there were a lot of good individual plays. I think the thing that probably has people scratching their heads a little bit is, and, and I, I just didn't have the energy to do it, I'll give somebody the assignment this week, probably a family member who's still collecting money from me, to see when is the last time we threw 17 passes. It's been a while. Now, I was driving home last night, and somebody sent me a text and said, can you remember a time when you won this ugly? And, hey, I've seen something a little uglier than that. I mean, if you think back, and I'm oh not, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> look, we've lost these games. Yes, yes, I mean, let's go back. Let for whatever reason, we have this history of looking back and remembering things better than they were. But remember, it's just a couple of years ago we went up to Memphis and lost. Got just embarrassed by Kentucky. That well, was a competent football team we played yesterday. The thing I think that frustrates you is that you had five turnovers meaning they turned it over to you five times. You created five turnovers and still had to go to overtime. That's unusual. It is. In their first four possessions, interception, 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 fumble. And they fumbled in the red zone. I mean, if you're drawing up the case of how you go on the road and win. That ain't it. That ain't it. I think back to 2010 when we went down to Gainesville. What did we win, 10-7 to seven in that game that night? <laughs> threw it like twice. We threw it once in the second half. I mean, that, that was an ugly game. That was an ugly win. But the thing that I thought of two months later, hey, we beat Florida, Florida. And so I think two months from now. Well, this isn't Urban Meyer coach Florida. 
nor is it on the road. No, it's not. And so, I think two months from now, we won't think about this game. I agree. Because the, the SEC counts twice, man. It does. In your memory, you're going to remember a lot more what we do next week, the week after at South Carolina, and the next week at home with Alabama. This will become a footnote. I still think South Carolina, Arkansas, and Texas A&M, the three games that are on the road, and then Kentucky at home, that those are the four swing games that are going to determine what kind of year you have. No, I think and, and Of course, Ole Miss at the end. But it doesn't matter if you're four and eight or five and seven or two and nine going into that game. That's a big game. So look, you got the outcome you want. The question is, does the process of getting that outcome reveal some things that concern you? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. But, but here's the other thing I would say, and I, I'm not I'm not throwing inside on anybody here today. But here's I would make the argument that everything that I saw wrong is fixable and correctable. Because there was a lot of good individual play there yesterday. Did our line play great? No, particularly on the right side. But, I mean. Yeah, I'm there with you. And, hey, I probably did a poor job coming out of the gate here this morning. And I want to apologize to you right now. Because I am glass half full today. And I didn't sound like that coming out of the gate. And I think a lot of it had to do with getting the black coffee because I'm a little bit out of my rhythm right now. I'm usually having my blueberry cobbler flavored coffee with cream and sugar, but I decided to go with just straight black coffee this morning, and it's good. Yeah, the stuff you drink isn't coffee. That's like ice cream by the time you're done with it. Man, man but do you drink ice in your coffee? Do you do the iced coffees? No. Some people do. I don't either. I don't. I, that's not coffee to me. That's a drink. And so Strange Brew Coffee House, if you like it chilled, if you like it iced, if you like it hot like we do, go to Strange Brew Coffee House. They have three locations, one here in Startwell, Highway 12 and Spring Street. That's the original. Tupelo, they have Brupolo, and now in Tuscaloosa. But to order that great coffee, go to strangebrewcoffeehouse.com. They'll ship it to you. They'll ship you that blueberry-flavored coffee. They'll ship you the Sumatra They'll ship you. It's about about to be pumpkin spice season. Are you a pumpkin spice guy? No, and and not just no, but absolutely positively no. But I support your right to be a pumpkin spice guy. I'm not a pumpkin spice guy at all. But many are, and some people are. Judge. Yep. If I'm in a pumpkin growing world, I probably except I don't think pumpkin spice actually has pumpkins in it or something. Haven't you heard this? Is it just AI? Is that what it is? I don't know. Okay. I, I'm, I'm kind of lost. Back to football. All right. So go to strangebrewcoffeehouse.com. They'll ship you the coffee. They'll ship you mugs. They have all that great stuff at strangebrewcoffeehouse.com. And we are in the Farm Bureau studios here in downtown Starwell Farm Bureau. Go with the home team at Farm Bureau. Check them out at favorites.com. Agents all across the state of Mississippi are good friends at Farm Bureau, Home Life Auto, whatever you're in the market for. Go to Farm Bureau, favorites.com. All right, you said 17 passes last night. Will was 13 of 17 for 162 yards. And one of the things that so many people were talking about in the postgame is the lack of throwing the football. How much do you think it had to do with the pressure that they were getting from the middle? I thought the interior of their defensive line was getting so much pressure last night when we did drop back where you couldn't have a pocket, everything turned into a rollout. How much do you think that played into it? Well, then you just hit what I was about to say. Then don't drop back. It doesn't mean you don't throw. 
right? I mean, you don't necessarily have to stand in a pocket to throw the football. You can move the pocket, right? You can roll a little bit. And I look back at what was successful for us in the ball game yesterday. On third down, we had, here's – oh, boy, you want to talk about rough. We converted three third downs yesterday. Three. Two of those we completed in the air. Then you go look at passing on third down. We only attempted four passes on third down yesterday. We were three for four for 36 yards. Average of 12 yards of completion on third down passing. Meanwhile, Arizona, seven of 11, just 22 yards. So average per completion passing on third down, just three yards. So I thought, I thought in 11 third down plays, only four of those passing, that surprises me a little bit, whatever the pressure. Yeah, third down, what, five rushes, nine yards. So looking at the total yardage in the game, and we talked about this last night in the postgame, we had, what, 307 for the entire game. That included the overtime period. And when you look in the first half, we had most of our yards in the first quarter, 127 total yards, 88 rushing yards in the first quarter. I mean, we finished the game – in four quarters with 272, we had almost half of our yards in the first quarter. Here's what really jumped out at me, too. How about this? In the first half, running the football, we averaged 4.8 yards a carry. In the second half, running the football, 1.9. And I don't know – I think you got to give some credit to Arizona for making adjustments and playing well up front, but it just wasn't working for us running the football in the second half. What did we say going in the game? We thought coming out and getting pressure on DeLora was going to be a big factor. Let's flip the page and go to to our defense and their offense. I thought we got some pressure to him early in the game, and he made some ill-advised throws. He looked like he did last year against us in the first quarter. Hey, how about this? You talked about the importance of getting pressure on him. It leaps off the advanced statistics. How about this? I'm going to include even times he didn't throw, okay? just I'm going to look at dropbacks and then completions. He dropped back 32 times when he was not under pressure. He completed 26 passes for 277 yards, 84% completion rate. He dropped back 21 times when he was under pressure, when we did do what you wanted. He completed six, 37%, and three of his interceptions. So you talk about a guy, and I know he's a guy that can have some success extending plays and that kind of thing, but the the numbers are real. They jump off the page at you. If you get pressure on him, he makes mistakes. He's now, the, we got less pressure as we win. We did. We got a lot less pressure as we win. And last night in the postgame, uh, Jason Crowder interviewed Buki Watson, and the thing that, that stood out to me of what he said in the postgame was is, Arizona did a much better job in the second half compared to the first half and then last year of picking up the blitz. I mean, we got to them with blitz last year a lot. The second half of the game last night, we didn't get a whole lot of pressure, even if we were bringing a linebacker or two. And so they did a good, good, really good job with an extra tight end, whether it be a running back of – I mean, we only had one sack in the game last night. Yeah, we had some pressures, but we only got to him and got him down one time for a loss of one, and that was it. And so it was interesting, too, looking back at the game and seeing how your defense played. What do we say early on that uh, 
you wouldn't be surprised to see them throw to the running backs, try to get them out in the flats. And what was the first, first play? First play of the game. They they swing it out to Wiley. They only had two. Well, I said I said coming in, and we really I don't really want to get deep into the numbers this morning. But one of the numbers that I had was the running backs have been so good at flaring out and that that pass out of the backfield. And you didn't want them to get more than 10 yards. And you didn't want to get to ten, more than three plays from a running backs catching the ball going over 10 yards. They had three plays last night that went over 10 yards from the running back standpoint. But with our defense, and going back to the point of them picking up the blitz, which I thought may have been one of the biggest keys of the game, they completed the big pass right before the first half, right before the end of the first half. Ugh. Yeah, and we were kind of lost – all the way around. How about that transition there? You missed the field goal, and then the two-play. Yeah, and then they just heave it up there, and then they catch the pass. They get down to the one-yard line. So it seemed like when that happened, and Jed Fish talked about this in the postgame, about how Mississippi State, especially in the second half, sold out to stop the run. They were not going to let us run the football. But also, too, they were taking away the deep ball which gives you the intermediate route, which they took advantage of. And he said, so at the end of the day, we had to make the decision, do we just want to be patient enough to march the ball down the field with intermediate routes? And that's what they did. They were like, hey. And so you can tell they got together with Delora probably at halftime and said, do not throw the ball 20 yards down the field in the middle of the field. I mean, that's where he gets picked off, and that's where the interceptions came last night. Well, three of the four came in the middle of the field last night. No, four came. And so – that's the that's the thing that stands out to me is he didn't get as reckless with some of his passes down the field in the second half. So think about that. Last year, 11 of his 13 picks were in the middle of the field. That's what he did again yesterday. You see a lot of high school coaches that like to only throw it outside the numbers. Delara may be a candidate for that yeah. coming up pretty soon. <laughs> but, hey, isn't, that, isn't last night kind of indicative about our defense – under Zach Arnett, because, you know, you kind of get that false sense of thought as the old Jolie Dunn-type days and where you just completely shut people down at times. But when you look at this defense and how it's kind of, you know, you bring pressure, it's a three-three-five. we guard deep, we guard against the run, the intermediate route if somebody's willing to take that. But once you get to the 20-yard line, it's almost that bend but don't break. That's how we've been. And last night is kind of, you know, we gave up that. Uh, I don't know if Delara got in the end zone or not on that quick play. I thought, to be honest with you, Cowan was in the, out of the back of the end zone. I don't know if they just had a good, you know, didn't have a good view of that whatsoever. I thought he was back of the end zone when he came back. Hey, so, to your point, look at the sack totals. Like, this is not, I get it, he was a Joe Lee Dunn guy. This is not a Joe Lee Dunn defense. No. 2020, we were sixth in the league in sacks. 21, 11th, 22, 6th. Um, and you go, we're, we are not what perhaps we think we are defensively. I think we drop back and play more coverage than people would think. Is that fair? I think so. And then, you know, you can look at tackles for loss. Fifth in the league last year, 12th two years ago, 6th the year before that. So this is not the defense that sells out and just brings pressure from every direction. But we have that reputation of being an aggressive defense. Yeah. 
Last night, what you call stuffs, we had nine stuffs. A gain of rush of no yards or hit behind the line of scrimmage. We made plays behind the line of scrimmage last night. We just couldn't get to DeLara. Hey, Jet Johnson made plays all over the place. Different than a stuff, but a stop, right? Yeah. You stop the guy where you touch him and push him backwards. And some of those, I won't even say arguably, the difference in the game. What, that third down late in uh, regulation? Third down forcing the fourth, for, forcing the field goal? Hey, we said it last year. He's almost like one of those steer wrestlers, you know? He gets a, he gets a hell of that steer, and he knocks it down in a hurry. Is it just me? And this is for all the Golden Triangle area people. But last night, Anthony Craven, the PA, every time he said Delora, I thought about Delois Price. I did not think about Delois Price. <laughs> but, okay. I'm sorry. Every, every time he said Delora, I was th- thinking about Delois Price of a car commercial. If you're not from the Golden Triangle, no comment whatsoever from you. I'm proud. I'm proud. I'm I'm looking at your face right now, and you're like, you have got to be kidding me. But okay, so we talk about the defense, but the obvious is the offense. I mean, that's the thing that everybody's talking about after the game. Did you think we were um, probably a little more conservative than we will be two or three weeks from now? I don't know if that was the plan. Um, and- well, let me break this down a few ways. First, I think this offense at times is going to be more conservative. You saw how tired our defensive front was last night. When you have those situations, the last thing you want to do, at least if you're a defensive-minded coach, is to have the offense go out there, throw three quick incompletions, and then come to the sideline and you're right back out there, right? The thought is, hey, let's control the ball. We've had some success running it. Why can't we? But it looked like we were trying to run even when Arizona decided they weren't going to let us. They couldn't have brought many more guys up to stop the run than they did at times, and yet we ran it anyway. I cannot imagine there not being an adjustment to be more aggressive here in a couple of weeks. And I'm not saying you become Eric Coriel here and, you know, the old Chargers or anything like that. I'm not saying that we go crazy. But at the same time, you – well, I'm just going to say, I mean, you and I text back and forth a lot during ball games, and I think one of the comments was uh, you either have to trust your quarterback to throw the football or don't play him, right? Let me, so the first drive, and going back to that point of, of trusting your quarterback, we had two pass plays in the first drive back-to-back. This is the second and third time that Will throws a pass last night, and he overshoots Tulu. Then he overshoots Justin Robinson. Two plays. It was a tight window. Both would have been exceptional throws. The throw to Robinson was tight. It was tight. And so you miss those two throws. And you wonder when you were having success in the first half running the football because Woody Marks got most of his yards in the first half. Okay, we're running the ball effectively. We haven't been able to hit – two down-the-field passes, intermediate, between 15 and 20 yards. And so it's almost like you lost trust too quick. Well, and I would argue way too quick because if you go back and you look at Will Rogers' history as a quarterback, I'm going to say this and there will be somebody, I can't believe you're making this comparison. I'm not comparing Will Rogers as a quarterback to Brett Favre. I'm comparing one mental aspect. If you think back about Favre and his career – how many times did he overthrow guys 
in the first quarter. A ton. Because he was the guy who was so just jacked up, fired up, ready to play. Or throw it too hard. And in, in early in the ball game, if you took opening possession for Green Bay and we go back and look, there were an exceptional number of balls that nearly killed somebody at close <laughs> range or on a down-the-field throw would just sail. That's just a product of being being jacked up a little bit. And I think Will's an emotional guy. You go back to that throw on Tulu, too. The number one thing you can't do in your mind is underthrow that football because you've got a defender between you. He was open behind the defender, right? right? And if you throw that ball too short, then you see it going the other way. I think – I don't know what all's going through his head, but knowing Will like I do and having watched him play, I think we see a guy who gets better throwing the football as he goes in games. I think sometimes he's a little jacked up. Most of the time when we sit around and say, man, Will missed that throw, it's in the opening drive. That's when we miss those. He completed his next nine passes. Now, the first one was – Negative one to Tulu. And then it was a, a pass to, to Woody Marks thrown out to the left side. And then it was Justin Robinson catching that ball on fourth down and goal at the one-yard line. Which was a good play call. Here's what happened if you go back and look. Robinson gets bumped coming back across the formation trying to get out there. It forces him deeper than he wanted to be. It was almost like he never got adjusted to getting down the field. He caught the ball at the four instead of the two. Yeah. And, and but as he is coming back across, Arizona got good push in the middle. It goes back to one of the challenges yeah. we were having. Pushes people back, bumps him back about two yards. I mean, he doesn't run the straight motion line to get where he's got to go. He gets knocked off that route. There's your two yards, right? And think about this, too. If he doesn't fumble, even though you don't score, that's not a failure in a sense. Because you're giving Arizona the opening possession they have of the game on their own two-yard line. I don't have a problem with that. What really made that a disaster was fumbling it out of the end zone. It did. Okay, we go back and you talk about Arizona. And one of the things that they had to be heartbroken about was the five, were the five turnovers in the game. But we only scored 14 points off those turnovers. You think to the pick that we had in the fourth quarter. We couldn't turn those into points. And so, to me, that was the big thing is you were unable to get separation. You had four turnovers in the first four possessions for Arizona, and you were only leading 14 to nothing with 30 seconds to go in the first half, and they scored the touchdown to go ahead 14 to 7. You would think that Arizona got in the locker room last night and said, guys, let me tell you, we played as bad as we can play. We get the football to start the second half. We're down 14 to 7. I mean, they could really have a rev it up, emotional talk at halftime last night. It looked like it resonated a little bit with their defense. It did. I I think that's a much better team than we faced a year ago. I I, I think they're, they're – I don't want to overstate it. They're not – They're not LSU. No, no. They're not what you're going to see later in the year. Hey, does playing Delara yesterday help you get ready for Jaden Daniels? You would hope it does. Did it last year? All right. Well, second time around, does it help you get ready for <laughs> – it probably does. I thought he was much more elusive last night and looking to run than he was last year. You know, last year he was running around in the backfield a lot and just not deciding to tuck it and run it. He decided to tuck it and run it last night. Well, I expect the fact that he started the first three possessions of the game with interceptions probably 
<laughs> had a diminishing impact on his willingness to throw. It is so interesting to look at the way people evaluate quarterback play. If you look at Arizona Twitter, it's all leave that guy in startable. Don't bring him home. Don't let him on the plane. If you look at a lot of MSU Twitter, man, I wish we had a guy like that. You know, they. <laughs> I think there are things you could look at. Neither quarterback had success throwing the ball down the field yesterday. As we said, I mean, he was 5 of 15. Now, the thing that helped is he had that one big shot to the two-yard line, right? Yeah. Kind of. <laughs> hey, looking at the uh, – I thought the crowd was a little bit slimmer than I thought it would be from an overall number standpoint. Here's what I don't get. And this is not criticism because I'm not – I'm a First Amendment guy, right? I have this little soft spot in my heart for the Constitution, okay? You can say what you want to say. Leave when you want to leave. I don't care. Well, I do care a little bit. But here's the one thing that has always interested me. That game went to overtime. It was a close game. People drive up. They get hotel rooms. They stay with friends. They get tickets. They pay to tailgate to do all these things. They leave in the third quarter. That's just odd to me. It was kind of odd. Um, I thought the students, we had a good student crowd last night. I was listening to a little bit of their post-game show coming here today because I really wanted to see what Arizona people were saying about the game, especially the post-game show. And um, they've got a veteran play-by-play guy, and he kept on bringing up the atmosphere about how, hey, this was this was pretty awesome, and this is one of the better atmospheres we've been to. Have you ever been to a Pac-12 game? I have not. Now, Oregon gets a little loud because they just yell and scream. Um if I went to a UCLA game one time, and um, I've been to an Arizona State game one time, and let me tell you this, it's like going to an ACDC concert, and then on the way home, you're listening to NPR radio. They're NPR? They're NPR. It really is. Um, and it's pretty cool. And it's, it was kind of interesting to look back and listen to that. Hey, one of the things I did do yesterday before going to the game. They're the C-SPAN of college football. Yes, they are the, the C-SPAN, too. <laughs> Let's go to line two. <laughs> hey, question. We have Bill in Oregon. Before the game yesterday, I went to Maroon and Company because everybody wore white. I thought the whiteout was pretty cool. Went to Maroon and Company in the Cotton Mill Marketplace, and it was so funny, Charlie. I went up to the front counter. I was about to check out, and the nice lady in front of me says, Listen, I can give a code left field 15. I kid you not. And they were like, absolutely. And so you can get 15% off your purchases at Maroon and Company by going to maroonandco.com. You can buy it online or in the store and just say left field 15 for the promo code. And so you can also get the interlocking MSU stuff, maroonandco.com backslash 90s MSU. But they have just a great selection of Mississippi State gear at Maroon and Company here in Startville, Cotton Mill Marketplace, right by the Chick-fil-A, the Chick-fil-A. It's like going to the Kroger. Yeah, I was I was just going to let it go. Okay. But uh, anyway, maroonandco.com. Figure out what you're going to wear next week. I don't know. Is next week like a stripe out? It's a- All right, so here's my thing. Uh, and I <clears throat> tread lightly. But I'll just say this, one a year, one, that's all you get. <laughs> so yesterday was the whiteout, and that was it. Yeah, I'm done. 
and now each Saturday, you just walk to the closet three hours before the game and say, okay, this is what I'm wearing. I think there ought to be like a counter protest to these <laughs> things. And we should wear like Tennessee orange, you know, just to completely throw the thing off. So you can wear your row gear? Yeah, I mean. Your hunting, just, hunting gear? Yeah, just whatever it takes. Can hunt in it on Saturday? Just wear black, you know. <laughs> well, uh. but hey, if you get that, get it at Maroon and Company. But you're not going to get Tennessee orange stuff at Maroon and Company. Yeah, so forget that. Yeah. And, of course, we are in the Farm Bureau studios. Farm Bureau, go with the home team at Farm Bureau. All right. Yesterday, we had our picks to click. If you were to take an MVP of the game from yesterday's game, who would your MVP be? Jet Johnson. Oh, yeah. Two picks. Had the big stop on the third down. Well, just his overall stat line, you go back and look. Yesterday, Jet Johnson, 11 total tackles. Seven of those were solos. Had one sack, two tackles for loss, two interceptions. I'll take that. I'm going to go to the offensive side since you picked Jet. Woody Marks again. He was a workhorse, 24 carries, 123 yards, 5.1 yards per rush. Got a little banged up there in the second half, came back out. Woody runs hard. I mean, he really runs hard. I thought Seth Davis had some pretty good runs as well, five carries, 34 yards, but Woody Marks to me, he's our MVP. And you know who else is MVP? No, 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 he's your MVP. He's my MVP. Jet Johnson is your MVP. Is my MVP. But do you know who everybody's MVP is? Chris Keene at Cannon Ford of Startville. If you need a new or used car, if you need work in the body shop, if you need a service center to get the oil changed, if you need to rotate your tires, but mainly if you're looking to buy a new or used car, go to Cannon Ford here in Startville on Highway 182 just east of Startville, and they are the MVP in the car world in the Golden Triangle area. And so Cannon Ford of Startville. You said Friday, and you said in the post, in the post pregame show yesterday, that yesterday's game, you may not know when you walked out of there if you're any good or not, but you'll know if you're not any good. How do you feel about the game? I don't know if we're any good. We're not bad. I don't know if we're any good. I mean, I don't mean that the wrong way. I, you can't leave yesterday saying we're a good team, but you certainly can't leave saying we're bad. I, I think I, I agree with that. And I think some of it, you know, it's as you said early in the show, I didn't see anything that happened in the game that's not fixable. Now, one of the things we came in here last week and we talked about how great it was about how we didn't have any penalties. We had one penalty last week for 15 yards. We had nine penalties for 90 yards in the game last night. Yeah, we were regressing to the mean. <laughs> Our average is really good right now after two games. Yeah, so we were we were getting back to the overall expect, expectation. We had, we had the Tang Hamilton of penalties. <laughs> we had one last week. We had a bunch last night. What did you say about Tang? Yeah, he could score. Tang would average 14 by scoring two one night and 26 20. the next. <laughs> Where some guys give you the 14 every game. I um, – no, I look at it. Here's the thing for me. Um, you, we've shown we can run the ball. But it was just a weird game. And I still can't process it. We had 56 plays in a game that went into overtime. That's odd. It really is odd. Um, but what would I say, like, if I were 
If I were in charge of the staff meeting today, what would I say? The first thing is, hey, Mike Wright adds something to our offense, but if it's going to be something more than a gimmick, we got to use it. And yesterday you, he carries it one time, right? Um, Will Rogers adds something to this offense, but if he's going to help him out, got to use him. And we only threw it 17 times. You know, Mike Wright pulled the ball down twice. Well, he get, he ran it one time, got smoked. That was the second half. In the first half, he kept it and got smoked, but gave it on the end around. Remember that? It was mm-hmm. almost – boy, you talk about overplaying it now. Arizona had Mike Wright overplayed. And it goes back to you're going to have to let him throw it at some point. Otherwise, he won't be successful. It's one thing to go do that against – whoever it was we played, see how insignificant it is, Southeastern. But it's another to do it against a division or a Power 5 football team, and that's where – I mean, you think next week you're going to roll Mike right out there and just snap it to him and let him run? Who? Yeah. No, not against LSU. So you're going to have to be a little more variable, I think. The other thing that I th- feels like that is missing from this offense right now, and injuries have been an issue, I know, but where are our tight ends? I mean, right now they're just glorified guards. Right. And so, when do we work them in? And maybe you can't. Maybe maybe you just don't have what you need. And if you don't have what you need, does it suggest? Because what's the thing we heard? And this is not knocking anything. I'm just asking the question. But what's the thing that we've heard over time is, you know, Zach Arnett asking Kevin Barbet, what's your offense going to be? Well, I don't know. Tell me our best 11. Right now, I think you'd have a hard time making the case that any of our tight ends, given their health status and eligibility status and otherwise, are in our best 11. And so, how much longer do you ride that, or do you try to involve them more? you got to figure out a way to work in some of these receivers. If you look back at last night. Only, what, seven catches by receivers? And Tulu, five of those were by Tulu? Yeah, Tulu had five. Wally had one. Justin Robinson had one. So, seven catches. Simeon Price caught one out of the backfield. Pittman caught a big one. <laughs> yeah, put a star by that one. Pittman caught a big one, and uh, Woody Marks caught four. And so, we've got to figure out a way to get these receivers involved in this offense. And I hope next week, I think next week, you may see something a little bit different. Hey, our one of our new sponsors to the show, before we get out of here, Howard Technology Solutions. And I've had a lot of people say, hey, I didn't realize what all they did. So they went to HowardComputers.com. Howard Technology Solutions, audio, visual. If you have a company or if you work in a school district, K-12, in the government world, if you also, they sell medical carts. I mean, it's crazy how they are in the medical world selling to hospitals. But Howard Technology Solutions, a Mississippi company, it was started by Mr. Billy Howard, three former three-sport letterman at Mississippi State. Just a growing company. It's huge, over 4,000 employees. And so go to howardcomputers.com. And it's not just Howard Computers they have. They'll sell you Dell. They'll, we start thinking about security, Cisco, Internet security. So Howard Technology Solutions. All right. Hey, we had a chance to visit with two of those employees hey we were at dinner the other night how about that we're at dinner the other night and uh another one of our good friends john hill walks up and says hey 
There's Rusty Toms. He had the great 97. And let me tell you this, Rusty did not stop talking about that the entire dinner. No, in fact, as we left, he said, you know, it's a new week. Maybe we could move on to 98, talking about going to the World Series. <laughs> so, and David Perkins just rolled his eyes. David always said, rolls quit, his eyes at Rusty. Quit feeding it. <laughs> no, so. Good folks, man. Great Mississippi company, great Mississippi State group of folks. No, absolutely. Um, all right, so I want a few final thoughts here from you, Bart. Number one, going back to our roots, do you feel better, worse, or the same as when you left the game last night? The exact same. Because, I just, like you said a minute ago, I just can't figure out what I watched. I have no idea what I watched last night. And I am the same. I'm still processing it. And maybe that's why we did our cooldowns on Monday. Hey, it, I guess the thing that I take some encouragement from is this. We won. We had to f- play through a little adversity. There's a lot of teaching moments from that game yesterday, but there's also a lot of great individual play at times, I think, that we can be proud of. And that was a competent football team that we played. Now, if we don't fix some of those things, which I think are very fixable, next Sunday – it's not going to be as fun. You're going to be old gloomy Gus in here. <laughs> I'll take a lot more than that uh, tall cup of black strange brew coffee. No, it absolutely will. All in all, though, here's the thing. What's the old basketball term? Survive in advance. We're 2-0. We survived. We've advanced. And, look, man, I don't care who you go back and look at as a head coach. There's some growing pains coming into your first job. There just are. And the thing I love about Zach Arnett is he isn't a guy to sit around and be indecisive. He is not a guy to sit around and not tell you what he thinks. And my very strong belief is that they're going to have some discussions and he'll share what he thinks and some other people will too and that we'll see some improvement. And I think you'll see it open up a little bit more next week. Hey, not to um, bring other people into the equation because we're we should be worried about us. But did you watch any of the other games in the league last night? I mean, I watched, I listened to Cal and Auburn. Auburn had a lot of difficulties offensively in that game last night. Cal missed three field goals. Cal should have won. Cal ain't great. They're okay. They ain't great. South Carolina didn't play well at all against North Carolina last week. Alabama. Uh, yesterday, I watched a little bit of that game, and I was really surprised at how Texas kind of just took it to them a little bit. I mean, that, Alabama almost made a quarterback change in the first half of the game yesterday. So is Texas back? Texas is back. Kentucky played awful yesterday in the first half. So, so uh, Here's the thing I take from yesterday, and this will be very unpopular in some circles. Our league isn't that good this year. I don't think it is either. No, no, no. I'm going to change that. You know it's not what? As deep. No, you know what I think we're seeing though. I think the transfer portal is bringing parity to college football. Because let's take the guy that played nose guard last night and gave us fits, and Big Bill Norton for Arizona. You know where he was last year? Georgia. As a second team guy at Georgia, he didn't want to be a second team guy anymore, so he goes to Arizona. And then what's he do? He gave us fits yesterday. He only credited with three tackles, but he plugged up the middle, and he is what allowed those linebackers to get out there. You had Manu, you had Flo, each of whom had 12 tackles. 
And a lot of that had to do with Norton working in the middle. Five years ago, ten years ago, where's he playing this year? Georgia. Georgia. More and more. That entire Arizona defense, as you look around it, were guys who played somewhere else a year ago. Not only does that make them better, in many cases it makes the teams that they left worse, if not in the front-line talent, but in depth of understanding systems and things like that. So I think there will be the reaction to say our league isn't that good. I don't mean that the quality of play in our league has gone down. I think there is more parity across college football. And there's less depth. Everywhere. And what does that mean? Injuries are going to kill you. Look at Tulane like yesterday. If Tulane's got their starting quarterback, well, it's a different story yesterday. I was kind of surprised of how good the defensive line was. Hey, we're talking about the Arizona defensive line last night shutting us down. I was kind of surprised about how the defensive line at Tulane kind of controlled the running game uh, down at Tulane yesterday. So let's look at some SEC scores to to fill out your point here. Vanderbilt, and I know this one kept you up at night, lost to Wake Forest 36-20. Couldn't sleep last night just because of it. Um, like Georgia wins big over Ball State, but then Kentucky and Eastern Kentucky, 28-17. That game was tied at seven at the half. Ole Miss wins 37-20. It was a lot closer than that. They had a couple of touchdowns in the final minutes of that game. Texas A&M, Oof, the new and improved, yeah. goes on the road, gets beat by two touchdowns at Miami. It's the U back. Arkansas plays Kent State, only wins that game 28-6. What was the score at halftime of that game? 14-6. to six. Kent State. No, so Arkansas, yeah, playing Kent State. Yeah, right? playing Kent State. Yeah, Arkansas scored seven points in the first, second, third, fourth. I mean, they got seven each quarter. Led it 14-6. to six. Tennessee, Austin P. Tennessee's got people booing because a top-10 team beats Austin P. 30-13 at home. Alabama loses. Missouri plays Middle Tennessee, and they win 23-19. to LSU, what a joke. You can't do that. Florida beats McNeese handily. South Carolina gives up 21 points to Furman. And then Auburn, a 14-10 win to California. Point being, it is, it's very easy when you sit around looking at games to look at it in the context of what we saw, and we still can't figure that out. But when you put it in the context of what's going on across college football right now, what's going on across our league right now, 2-0, man. Yeah, everybody's trying to figure it out right now. Hey, once again, thanks to our good friends at Farm Bureau. Farm Bureau, go with the home team at Farm Bureau. We're in the Farm Bureau studios. Strange Brew Coffee, strangebrewcoffeehouse.com. They'll ship you that great coffee. Maroon & Company, go to maroonandco.com. And, of course, the promo code LEFTFIELD15. Saw Henry Cooper at the game yesterday. Country Pleasing Sausage. Country Pleasing made right here in the state of Mississippi down in Florence. Go to countrypleasing.com. They'll ship it to you. Going to ship Nick Byrne some. Hey, we beat Arizona this week, so I'm going to buy him some sausage. So send it out What kind there. of bet is that where you win and now you owe him? Well, you don't know why I owe it. Okay. Okay. I'm not bringing that into the play, okay? Howard Technology Solutions. Go to howardcomputers.com. Cannon Ford of Starkville. Nobody beats a Cannon deal. Nobody. And Bank First. For all your banking needs, lending needs, commercial, mortgage, go by and see our friends at Bank First in Mississippi and in Alabama. Go to bankfirstfs.com. All right, Charlie, we'll be back in the midweek. 
Then we'll have our Friday Deep Dig brought to you by Trax Plus, where we'll talk about Mississippi State and LSU. And then next week, this time next week, we'll be in here trying to discuss what went on the day before between the fighting Tigers of LSU and Mississippi State. Hey, appreciate you guys hanging out with us here on Sunday Call.